2: And that chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 19 years now to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have If you choose to tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We help people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives the more they actively apply these tools in their lives, and secondarily because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. If you have any of those to share with us, we'd be happy to have you do that by giving us a call at 563-999-3581 and press 1 on your phone. If you'd prefer not to do that or you're listening through the archives but you'd like to give a testimonial or get a question answered or give some feedback, you can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org or you can email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at org. that's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n dot o-r-g and we're Highly appreciative whenever anybody chooses to do that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. The intention we have with this work is to be a service, and that's just a whole lot easier to do when we know how we are serving you, how what we're doing is landing for you, whether it's useful in a specific way or a general way, and whether or not there are specific questions we can answer to help you get the most benefit from the use of these tools. So I have someone with a hand up, area code 970. You're in the air. Who do we have and how can we support
3: you? Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Is this Dr. Tim? Yes. Hi, this is Carrie
2: Ellis. All right, let me turn up my volume a little bit. You're saying this is who?
3: This is Carrie Ellis. Let me get some All headphones. Right. I think we might have a little delay, too. How are you today?
2: I'm doing well. Good.
3: So, interesting. I get to talk to you. Um, I haven't talked to you probably but once in a blue moon, maybe. Um, Hmm. So can you hear me well enough or you want to wait a second yes. while I plug these headphones?
2: Yes, I can hear you. Um,
3: so last night I was doing some worksheets and I thought it would be really nice to talk it through with one of you guys because oh, the worksheets work so well. I mean, you know, once you know how to use them and you do use them, and they're in my... 21st century superhuman books, also with credit to Dr. Michael Rice. Um, But they are just such a wonderful tool. And they do just relieve the pressure of the emotional baggage that we carry. (laughs) And it does bring it back to self. But I thought I would just run it by you and see what input you could give me. This, can you hear me better?
2: I can hear you now. Yes, I, I can hear you both ways. This has a little different quality to it, but go ahead.
3: Okay. So uh, the issue that I was dealing with is um, I have some young people in the Philippines doing some outsourcing work for me. And a couple of them are really good when they do their tasks, but they – a lot of times they don't show up when they say they will or they take a long time for it to get done. And I'm sure part of it is being in a very poor culture where everything is not as simple as we have it here. But it's brought up a huge amount of frustration for me. So that's what I did my worksheets on. And um, I don't know. I guess, how? It, what? can you give me any... Um, Directional insights. It's been chronic for several months, and so finally yesterday I was thinking, oh, I just need to do some worksheets on this, and um, so I did, and I felt a lot of clearing, a lot of you know opening up to other levels, and yet I still feel some layers of frustration in there.
2: Any okay, thoughts? and so. What's the thought you're using to generate frustration?
3: Mm. okay, let me grab my notebook that I wrote in last night. Um I think it's I wish they would show up when they say they would.
2: That's a good one. <laughs>
3: You know, and when it asks, can I remember when I've done this, I really, I mean, I can't. Maybe, I don't know, you know, when I was a kid or something, but I don't really have any memories of that. So
2: did you say you cannot?
3: I don't really remember a time when I did that. Um, Didn't show up when I said I would. Okay. Uh,
2: So that's probably selective memory at one level because we've all done everything that we think we're upset with somebody else for. Because if, if that weren't the case, we wouldn't have any upset for it. And, we're, and not only have we done it, but we're still judging ourselves negatively for it, or we wouldn't have upset uh-huh. when our mind shows us a picture of somebody else doing it. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that, that's one of the, the bottom line observations. It says, I'll never be upset about anything anybody else ever says or does. Or doesn't do that I think they should, unless I'm still judging myself negatively for doing the same or similar thing. Right. And it may be that I was so, so good or bad, however you want to say it, at doing that, that decades ago in my life I turned over a new leaf. And now I'm one of the people who's the best in the world at avoiding that negative behavior and Mm -hmm. still if that negative behavior shows up in my mind attached to my image of somebody else and there's any upset in me it means i'm still judging myself negatively for doing the same or similar thing and so one of the ways to kind of uh extra charge or, or, you know, put the, the, the worksheet on steroids is to ask myself, okay, let me describe the, the behavior or trait that, I, that my mind is telling me this person is exhibiting. And I start going through some descriptors. Well, they're being irresponsible. Well, they're being, you know, lazy. Well, they're being, um, you know, wishy-washy. Well, they're just being disrespectful. <laughs> and I get, I get that emotional charge on one of those words, right? I go, oh, that's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so now I just want to take, the, take a breath or two and ask myself, when in the recent or distant past was I disrespectful, in this case, the example we're using, that I'm still judging myself negatively for? And if I sit with that question and let it bubble up, something will come up. It may not be the right, or like the key issue right away, but I'll have some memories of things. If I have an emotional charge around somebody being lazy or disrespectful or impatient or whatever, it's going to be because I'm still judging myself negatively for, for doing that or something very similar even if it was in the distant past. And so now when that memory comes, now I can either start doing EFT tapping or reality management worksheets or what Michael calls the um, mind shifter tool, that targeted journaling, around my negativity, my negative judgment of self for that pattern. And when I finally uncover... Let's say I remember something from when I was X number of years old, fill in the blank, 20, 15, 7, doesn't really matter. But when I go back and I let myself remember what was going on in my life at that time, how old I was, what I really understood about life issues and relationships and money, etc., I will see, oh, my gosh, I was only 15 Right. and what did i not how much did i not understand about the world when i was 15 basically everything right and then i when i dismantle the negative judgments against myself for doing that at whatever previous age even if it was 25 or 30 when i come back to the present moment and breathe and soften and look at this other person that my mind was telling me minutes before i'm upset because they did this and this all i'm going to feel for that person is the same compassion i have for my younger self i'm going to realize oh they must be feeling some form of overwhelm frustration you know negative self-thoughts etc just like i was when i did this way back when so it's a pretty powerful way to uh, kind of supercharge your worksheets because As we know in this work, it's all an inside job. Yes. It's all smoke and mirrors when my mind wants to tell me I'm upset because of anything outside of me.
3: Yes, that's right. You know, while you were talking, you really activated. (laughs) A memory was activated, and I was like seven or eight years old, and my dad yelling at me for not showing up however he expected me to show up, and I'm getting this wave of stuff and um yeah this totally makes sense thank you so much for talking it through um it's really helping me grasp some other tangents here
2: well you know it it is such a rock solid thing i don't know if you've been listening to the show lately but we're reading through the way of mastery again we did it back
3: in I haven't been no I haven't been
2: We we did it back in twenty twenty two. And we read mm-hmm. through the whole thing with commentary. And so for most of this last year we read some other books and um, you know, the A Walk in the Physical um by Christian Sunberg and um Diedrich Wolzak's book, Choose Again and so we've done some other things. But now we're back, you know, almost two years later starting to reread the way of mastery and in the way of mastery this issue this dynamic this thing that made its way into the the 10 bottom line observations that i give to patients is right there in the way of mastery as well you know it says reactivity of any kind indicates the need for you to go inside yourself and dismantle judgments against yourself
0: and Mm, whatever you haven't
2: forgiven or dismantled as a negative judgment against yourself you will have reactivity for when your mind shows you a picture of somebody else doing it it's exactly the same dynamic
3: very good I'll have to tune in and listen to the way of mastery or dig it up and read it, one or the other, but that's wonderful. So if I were to do a, what did you mention besides worksheets? You mentioned
2: um, EFT tapping or the journaling that, you know, targeted journaling that Michael calls the, uh, uh, apparently our call just dropped. But um, Michael calls um, the targeted journaling, he calls it a mind shifter tool. But we lost Carrie. Uh, I don't know where she's calling from, apparently out of the country. Carrie, are you back? Hi,
3: sorry. Yeah, I'm talking on Google Voice on my computer, and I hit a button and I disconnected us intentionally.
2: So I had mentioned Um. doing um, EFT tapping, and or the targeted journaling that Michael calls a mind shifter. Or just I can do, like, if you have this memory that's come up uh, of your father, you know, having this negative reaction and blaming you for not showing up the way he wanted you to, you can do the reality management worksheet on that as though you were yourself at that age. And then even more, to dig a little deeper, you can do one as your father, Yes. So how old do you imagine you were in this memory?
3: Probably seven or eight.
2: So then you can do it as a father who's got however many kids and whatever his life circumstance was at that time. Right. Who's seven or eight year old, who he sees as intelligent, right, and competent at certain levels, doesn't... Right do what he thinks they should do and as this stressor in his life at this way or so you can do the worksheet as though you were him to good effect
3: very good yes very good so if i were to do a mind shifter could you help me consider what how i would start that
2: Okay, so what? just to give this the most effectiveness, what's the word you would use to describe what you or what your father would use to describe what you did, the trait or behavior that you did when you were seven that he was so upset about?
3: Well, it's interesting because it is it's kind of a blurry memory, but... Um, You know, when I first did the worksheets, I had rage, and he had a lot of rage when I was a kid. And then when I second, you know, later worksheets, it was frustration. And he had a lot of both rage and frustration that he expressed to us. And...
2: um, Okay, but you're you're off the target right now. So I was the
3: recipient. So I know, you're trying to get what was my something in the midst of that. And I'm kind of trying to dig my way out of it.
2: Well, what would he say you did?
3: I just want to say I don't know. Um,
2: Right, right. Maybe
3: that I didn't do a good job on something. That would probably be it.
2: Well, when you first said this, you had the phrase that you didn't show up the way he wanted you to.
3: Yes, and that's true. That's it. Um, I'd say that's probably it.
2: Okay, so... Would you say, yes or no, it's fine, that he was disappointed Yes. in you
3: or your performance? It appeared perform. that way. It appeared that way.
2: But all we're asking for is, as you hear the word disappointed, does that make really good sense that he would be that upset? based on what you know of him from your past and how he used to get upset with things, or is there a different word that he might have felt about you? Like, um, would he have thought, you know, she's so stupid, or she's so irresponsible, or she's so lazy, or she's so she doesn't care? What's your best guess about what his interpretation of your behavior might have been that would have sparked such rage? So we've lost Carrie again, and now she's back on. Trying to hook up. Are you back?
3: Yes. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. I would say disappointed was a good word for how he felt okay. about.
2: Okay. Okay. So then the what, then the why, mind shifter. So then the mind shifter would be. It's safe and healing for me, and I love it when people create a picture of me as being disappointing. <laughs> or when good. people choose to believe I have disappointed them,
3: Mhm, and then what would I be writing then um
2: Well, what's your first thought when I say to you, you know what, Carrie, it's really safe and healing for you whenever anybody thinks you've disappointed them.
3: (laughs) Probably no, it's
2: not. That's what you start writing. It's safe and healing for you when people rage out at you because they think you've disappointed them. Yeah. Whatever your thought is in response to that is what you start writing. No, okay. it's not. And then you might just start writing, if it comes to you to write this, whatever kind of memory you have about being seven or eight when your dad was raging out at you, that little memory that got sparked from when I was talking earlier. You right. just start writing as many details of that as you can and how that felt for you as that seven or eight-year-old. Okay. and then if you go blank then you just, you know, rewrite that the mind shifter again it's safe and healing for me and you might even say and I love it when people rage out at me because they think I've disappointed them
3: okay yeah, and you know what as you, you're saying this, I get I'm just going to sound really stupid because I know what forgiveness is But I just feel unforgiving towards these people that are supposed to be showing up to me for working and don't show up. Um, And I know that that's not accurate thinking, but it's what pops up.
4: Well, so here's
2: the issue with this, right? At one level, you've got some practical issues to address, right? You'll have some... You'll have some machinery going in your life where this piece has to happen and then that piece has right. to happen in order for this this thing to come to fruition. And maybe you've made commitments to other people that if, right. if, if these people at the other end don't do what they do, then you can't live up to it. So at one level, there is this practicality that needs right. to be addressed. At uh-huh. another level... I can't really address that very effectively or efficiently if I have a negative emotion active in my mind. Correct. So why am I using somebody in another country that doesn't have the same values or ethics or ease of lifestyle that would allow them to be as punctual as I want? Well, because it's, you know, it's, cheaper for me and um i'm on a limited budget whatever this thing is so i consider all of these things and then now i'm starting to think well maybe i am harboring some uh, resentment at myself that i don't have more money to do this a different way and then Uh i can do the worksheets on that resentment at me for not having the wherewithal to do it in a different way and it doesn't right. it, none of none of this is about any of that. This is just clearing the way of my negative emotions so then when I open my eyes and look at the current situation, I'll have a much better clearer image of all the factors, all the moving pieces, and I'll be able to make a better decision about how to get these things done in a way that yeah. satisfies all the needs.
3: Uh-huh.
2: But I can't come up with those kinds of powerfully effective creative solutions when there's anger or resentment or hurt or bitterness or grief or shame or any of those negative emotions coloring my perception.
3: Right. Very good. I'm taking notes. (laughs) That's really good, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you talking me through it. Sometimes we get stuck in our own stuff, you know, even if we are even if we do know the tools it's like, oh my God how do we absolutely get out
2: of this? absolutely that's that's the purpose of a show like this or the support groups or you know uh, the, uh, the access that Michael and Jeannie offer on an ongoing basis through the the app where people can, you know, it's the reason for all of that is because it's so needed. Yes.
3: Cool.
2: So well, I really how are you feeling it. about that? Are you are you complete with that for now?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think I have a lot of some work to do. You know, I need to sit here and do um, some mind shifters and some worksheets and just Do some more deeper levels of clearing But it really helped You know, I I just felt stuck I just didn't really know where to go next So this really helped me get To where I can feel like I can keep moving through it
2: Thank you You're most welcome and deserving And if you have any interest in Following along with the Way of Mastery, or the most like lessons three and four are the ones that we're on now that have, have that piece right in them. In lesson three, where it says, "reactivity of any kind indicates a need to go into myself and dismantle <laughs> my judgments and my perceptions about myself," and that's in the third lesson. So if if you go to um, the the mindshiftersacademy.org website. And, you know, there at the top of the menu are these, you know, the pages for the files that I've been doing just this year, reading it with commentary.
3: Okay. okay. And they're labeled, Great. you know,
2: that the one page has lessons one, two, and three on it. And you can scroll right, right down to the bottom and get to the lesson three and start listening to the the reading of lesson three with commentary and you'll start hearing some of that stuff.
3: All right. I really appreciate it. If I wanted to, um, I I can ask you elsewhere, but if I wanted to download this audio and put it on a, you know, talk about what we did in a video and then play part of the audio, would that be okay with you? Or should I check with Michael and Jeannie on it?
2: And then it helps people know
3: more about your work.
2: Sure. It's perfectly okay. okay.
3: Great. Cool.
2: So are you asking how you would do that? (laughs)
3: No, I was just asking if it's okay.
2: Sure, I it's think absolutely I okay. It and and just mention, well, it's, you know, the, the archives of the show is one way. Right. And and then soon, for the first hour anyway, that MindShiftersAcademy.org website is another way, where it's going to have just this first okay. hour. Great. Listen.
3: Right, uh, right, under right.
2: today's date.
3: I'm so glad to hear that. That's great. I'm so really happy to help spread the word
2: about this work. Yeah. All you have to do is mention, you know, the Michael and Jeannie's website and uh, the Mind Shifters right. Radio, and it's just pointing more more people in their direction.
3: Yes. And the MindShiftersAcademy.org. So it's really good, too.
2: Well, that's the same thing. That's just, that just feeds okay. into their website. It's just the, okay. it's a di- different website, but it was just created about five years ago to try and drive more people to the YAgain.org and introduce oh, them to this work, you know, right. because of the support groups being named MindShifters, support groups, et cetera. Got it. Got
3: it, got it, got it. Okay, well, great. I will let you go on to the rest of your show. And um, thank you so much for taking the time with me. I just really, really, really appreciate it. More than I can say.
2: Well, it's great to hear your voice again. And you're welcome and deserving. And feel free to uh, keep us posted. I
3: <laughs> will. Okay. Thank you so right. much. Will you be on Take tomorrow?
2: Care. Or Yes. Okay. It's I'll, at this stage. It's it,
3: it,
2: it, It's five days a week.
3: Okay, great. Okay, thank you All so
2: right, much. Take care. Bless you. Okay, bye-bye. You too. So we've got about 28 minutes left. 563-999-3581. Um, if you have a comment or a question, like Susan Bingham does.
0: <laughs> Hi, Dr. Tim. That was really good. I've taken to go for long walks in the morning. It's been going on for years. And one thing I do is a lot of I talk to myself, process things. And I had a fight with you this morning on my walk. <laughs> I talked. I was myself and you both. I'm not going to need the radio show anymore. I actually I loved what you did with with Terry, Kerry, whichever it was. I couldn't hear. But it's Kay, Kerry. Kay, okay. So I uh this morning when I got up I I read the New York Times online and I usually don't look at the news first thing in the morning uh because it's often a trigger and sure enough there was a trigger and some of these pictures are shown a lot on different feeds like in Facebook of animals who are starving and freezing and They are pets that have been left behind of necessity out in Ukraine or something, groups asking for money for food for these emaciated beasts. And so I go into a terrible state. And I think I know some of the origins of that. My question is, here we are living separately and we do have feelings for creatures and other people. Let's hope we do. Do we ever... Get to the point where we can feel incredible sorrow and, and, um, concern for a a fellow human or a beast. And, and yet you don't call it a trigger and you're not unhealthy. It's a healthy thing. And, uh, anyway, if you want to, I asked you that question in my mind this morning and it, I got to, I got an answer.
2: Maybe what, was you what, so, you said. what was I saying though? What was I saying though? So <laughs> argumentative. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know how Michael likes to watch movies that trigger things? Because he wants to clean everything out, which is so optimistic of him. So I'm thinking, all right, there is a line and it's probably different from everyone, for everyone, but there is a state you can be in where you see a great need and you feel a great amount of love and compassion for a person who's suffering or a creature who's suffering. And yet, you're okay. You're okay, you're breathing, and you're okay, you're... I wouldn't even say detached because already that means there's some... Maybe it is detached. But in a, anyway, you said, well, think of it as what level of upset. If you're at a level of upset that's affecting your health, for instance, it's gotten into your cells, it's not you could make yourself sick. If you can get it to the point where you can be have equanimity, balance, You still have the concern, you may have a lot of feelings about something, but you are an effective action taker if that's what is required, or you can put it aside without having given, without having um, made it so you haven't given its due. Boy, there's something in there that isn't digested, I can tell. I think it's a belief that I have to go through something in order to get to that point. Otherwise, I haven't been a kindly human being. I'm a bad person if I don't do that. Okay. Okay.
2: There there it is. There's yeah. the judgment, right? Yeah. And the judgment is always in error. Okay. You know, your original question, is it ever possible that we just see something and have a tremendous emotional response and it's okay. And um, the, the answer is that's exactly what we're talking about, that whatever happens in the flow of life, we're okay with because that's life. You know, Byron Cady says, everything that's already happened was just perfect. How do I know that because it happened Ooh, right this is yeah. the woman who said who said look I only suffer not when I have negative thoughts but I only suffer when I believe my negative thoughts I judge them as right or wrong and I pour that mind energy into it that's what creates my suffering so Michael Singer talks about this Um, ability to just step back and observe the flow of life like we would watch a symphony or a play or a football game in which we didn't have any vested interest in who wins or loses. We're just enjoying the pageantry. And he says that's just like um, Krishnamurti, one of his quotes is the highest level of wisdom is observation without judgment observation with allowance and surrender so i watch the flow of life and this doesn't mm-hmm. mean i sit back and do nothing because if it's being presented to me i love this thing where david e martin was he wrote this book lizards eat butterflies oh, yeah. and um, and and in it, and he tells a story of you know, being somewhere in one of these countries where um, he's driving in a foreign country, and he's in this. He's been picked up from the airport in a limousine, and as they're driving, they're driving past this unspeakable poverty, and they're in a limousine. Mm-hmm. They're in a fancy ultra limousine, and they're going to this fancy yeah. place, and mm-hmm. he says. To the guy he's there with, I can't believe this. This can't be right. This has to be wrong. Look at this. And the man Mm -hmm. says to him, what if it's all perfect? And part of the perfection is you're seeing what these people have need for, and you're, you're recognizing it, and you're one of the people who has some of the resources to help turn it around. So it's not that we're recommending that you just sit in a cave and isolate from everything that's less than what you would judge as perfect. We're talking about being right here in the flow of life and maintaining your peace and letting the flow of life Act on you and have your flow of response be directly in accordance with what the needs of the moment are, and what your resources are for addressing them. So yes, I might feel a tremendous flow of energy through my heart space. That you know, mm. he he talks about things like the. Um, Going to the uh, the best Shakespeare performance ever of one of those traumas dramas, whether it's Romeo and Juliet or something else, and you're sitting in that theater, and you're so moved, you're crying. It's eliciting Mm -hmm. all of these intense emotions from you, and you start thinking before the the play is even over oh, my gosh, this is the best I've ever seen. I've got to tell my friends about this. I've got to come back here with some family members. This is amazing. Well, you you can imagine that happening, right? Because this tremendous yeah. performance playing out on stage in front of you, and it's eliciting through you in your heart space all of these intense emotions. And he says, hmm. but, but when it's in your day-to-day life and the way you interpret the life events and the samskaras that you've loaded in your energy system, you're not so happy about it. You don't Mm -hmm. want to invite people to share it with you. Mm. Why? It's just this flow of energy. It's just life. Unless we judge it and we say it's wrong, or it's bad, or it shouldn't be happening. And that's how we create what we would experience as something painful that we don't want to have happen, whereas in the other experience, not only, even though it's really intense emotions and we're crying, we're experiencing it as wonderful, and we want to bring friends to share it with them. So it isn't the energy, it isn't the thing that's happening, it's what I interpret it as. It's the judgment I put on it. It's, it's the essence of, you know, what we're talking about here in lesson four and lesson three, that, you know, I'm, I'm creating my experience of whatever flows past me by how I choose to interpret and respond to it. That's another way to say it. So I'm interested. I don't know exactly what I was saying in your talk in your mind that was so argumentative. <laughs> yes. That's that's how I would respond now.
0: No, you weren't being argumentative. You were teaching. You were actually helping me figure out stuff. And it was good and I got to a better place. But I keep bumping up against, I'll put it another way, there was another thing that happened in the support group that Tim and I run on Wednesdays. One of the members was telling about how her cat used to collect birds, catch birds and kill them, and she would just race downstairs and catch the cat and get the bird, and if the bird was salvageable, she would nurse the bird or do whatever. And this time she decided to be detached, and she heard that the panicked, cry of a bird. But she sat still and breathed and thought, this is life. I'm just going to let this happen. And I don't need to be concerned. This is just nature and I can be detached. And then the, the other part of the story, which isn't applicable here really, it's so strange, but she said she went downstairs and there never had been a bird. As far as she could see, the cat had been asleep in the same spot. And she had just imagined the whole thing and given herself this mental exercise. Okay, I'm just going to back off of that part of it, the fact that it never happened and all that. I don't know what to make of that. But my cat used to catch birds too. And we used to have parakeets and they were tame and they were funny and they had huge personalities. Uh, and so I have a really powerful feeling for birds. And if I heard that cry, I would be like lightning. I'd be after the cat, catch the, catch the cat, force its mouth open, bird pops out. Most of the time the birds were okay because it was early enough. And I would take the bird and put it in a little cage and wait till it got unstunned. And then I'd let it out. Or we'd keep it a while or Whatever. Um, but my response had nothing to do even with feeling. It was just doing what I thought was necessary, and I still think it's necessary. I don't think I can ever get away from the idea that I need to be on the side of releasing a bird. If my cat has a bird, where am I going with this? I guess the, the... the hook is, is there a hook? Am I in anguish over the bird? Is there a huge upset? No, I've gone ahead without even thinking, actually. So maybe this isn't part of the argument after all.
2: Well, here's also, the idea. Here's the okay. idea that I can You're judging whether or not this is right or wrong. Instead of, not
0: necessarily.
2: Yes, I'm just you are. judging this that that the i would probably like to live. Thing. That's right. That, that's the whole thing about it is, here's, should I do this or should I do that? Was I okay doing this? Or is this something that somebody else would judge if I should do a worksheet on? Or, uh, that's what you're, you're doing here. And it's okay. The point of this work at this deeper level is it's all okay. Mm. And you make it not okay. okay when you judge it one way or another. Mm. Oh, that's so, good. So, so, you know, look at it this way. Here's David E. Martin driving around in a limo in this foreign country. Yeah. And he sees all this poverty, and he's moved so deeply. He says, somebody's got to do something. This is wrong. Something's wrong with creation that this could happen. And his friend, at a different level of observation, and perhaps some would say wisdom, says, well, look, what if it's all perfect just the way it is and part of that perfection Mm -hmm. is that you're here to see it Mm
4: -hmm.
2: and you have the resources to do something about it same thing here what if it's Mm -hmm. all perfect it's fine if you're not there and a cat catches a bird that's part of nature and it's fine that if you're there and you hear the bird and you're able to rescue the bird and set the bird free, that's fine, too. It's the flow of nature. What if there's no reason to judge, should I do this or should I do that? I'm just Mm. letting the truth of life act on me in the moment and having my actions that I'm congruent with from that calm, centered, compassionate space flow out into the flow of life.
0: Mm. I haven't even thought of myself as part of nature in all this. <laughs> if I think of myself as
2: part of quit cackling. <laughs> so so how do you think of yourself if not as part of life? I don't know. Question though, isn't it? How are you thinking of yourself if not? As part of nature, as part of life. She dropped off, and now she's back.
0: I'm back. Yeah, these buttons. <laughs> Carrie had a button. and Anyway.
2: So I'm, so I'm just saying it's a good question. It's a good thing to, to consider. If you have not even thought of yourself as part of life, as part of nature, then do some observation about that. Mm and see how that is, has been weaving itself, whatever it is you have been thinking about yourself, has been weaving itself into your actions and reactions.
0: Well, I can't answer that directly right yet, but I'm going back to what you said about Michael Singer and how he talks about surrender. It's about releasing an overblown sense of responsibility and just taking whatever responsibility is natural right then or somehow not getting all tense about it. Anyway, I'll have to think about that.
2: Well, that goes right in line with what way of mastery asks us to do in the Fifth lesson as keys to the kingdom, it says, Allow, surrender, you know be in the flow, mhm and by the by the third lesson, it's saying the whole process of forgiveness is dismantling of judgments at every level of yourself and of others, mhm, and so when you when when you get into the when you get into the process of judging at any level and mm-hmm. then you have some reactivity the way of mastery says any level of reactivity indicates a need for forgiveness for dismantling your judgments yeah. and your perceptions mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm Well, it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? You said at one point, moment to moment, and it is like that. Yeah. Quick other unrelated question. I am reading that give and take book, liking it very much. I haven't come to the... I'm just at the point, it's early, where they're talking about this and finally they admit it was Abraham Lincoln and how he ran his his political, his, his presidency by inviting the people who were most opposed to him to come in and take positions and work with him. So brave and open-hearted and imaginative of him. Amazing. But I was wondering, I guess I want to... Um, a spoiler. Is there some, something about that book?
2: Have you finished reading it? Yeah, the give and take. I read it a couple times a number of years ago.
0: Oh, you did. I was wondering if there's something in there that you're adding to the way of mastery in your own work on the radio show, something you had in mind. I guess I want some kind of a quick fix to whatever. Might be going on, and haven't found it yet. But it's very interesting to have a look at givers and, and matchers and takers.
2: Well, the, the the primary thing is, you know, one of the one of the big things that I took from that book that I still use in my life on a regular basis is, I I try to make sure that a, a large percentage of what I give is being given to other givers. And I limit more and more what I give to people who are just takers or matchers.
0: I see. And I, I I totally get that.
2: One of the things that, you know, in a conversation you were having with Michael Rice about this was the idea that if you have this impulse to give... And you're doing it from that calm, safe, happy way, fine. But if you have this impulse to give and then you've got all of this, oh, but dang it, you know, they should be doing their own work, and then it's not so good. Right. Right? And the, right. And the, the determiner is inside you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like the guidance system is inside you.
0: Right. And you've made a decision about who would be better, which people would be better to give to for very good reasons. Sometimes I imagine you've been in a position where you're invited to give to someone who is a big taker. Right.
2: Right. And and sometimes I do if I've got plenty, right? And I and mm-hmm. I'm in that situation, and I say, okay, well, there's a reason I'm here, and recognizing this at this time, and I have an abundance, and I can give from that abundance, and I, it doesn't bother me so much if the person's a taker or a matcher, and yet mm-hmm. on a regular basis, when I consider doing something, giving, just plain giving, not not getting into Mm -hmm. a business deal of give and take, but an actual, just a gift of something.
5: Mm -hmm.
2: I consider how are these people living? How are they viewing themselves in the world and the the system of life? And I use that as part of my consideration for how much I give and whether or not to give. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and you do that out of a peaceful, centered self—a whole self, not a self that's triggered in any way. That's exactly. Me, it's very easy. Yeah, that's, that's
6: great. That's exactly
2: right. It, when it flows, it's wonderful. When it's a struggle. Yeah. You know, earlier or later in in the Way of Mastery, there's one of the lessons that's titled The Way is Easy. Right? The way is easy and without effort. That's the way. Well, Mm -hmm. so if I'm in a situation and I'm feeling all kinds of wrought up about it, it's probably not the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. Well, for you, maybe... (laughs) boy that's a big one
2: well that's just what i've taken from the situation that the very situations life has taught me some of my best teachers um research like done in that book give and take and and i've I've worked with it, and I found that's what works best for me. Yeah. And, of course, I can't give from great abundance to everybody I see who's a giver. Yeah. Because right? I don't have infinite resources in that way. mm mm-hmm. So I use a whole bunch of different factors when I, yeah. you know, consider that, and I do the best I can to dismantle any judgments about it. I've had lessons about this ever since I was in the single-digit years. Hmm. I, just, I just flashed on a, a memory of going to feed the deer. Uh, at, at a at a fenced-in enclosure up in um, Marquette, Michigan, and we were all given these little packets of carrots by our host, and they were all cutting these nice little things, and and I I was I just happened to be standing by the the adults, and this little deer, really a little fawn was coming up and and you know wanting some carrots and so i was trying to give and the adults by me kept saying hey you know give me one give me one and so they were taking my stuff and mm-hmm. i yeah. was just devastated i was i was crying myself to sleep that night because that poor little deer wasn't going to get enough to eat and wouldn't survive mm-hmm. so i've had this there's <laughs> been a set of issues in my life for a long time And I've worked with it, and I'll keep working with it. But I realize we're down to our last minute, so I will mute you as you can listen to the second hour, and I will thank you for your questions and comments as always. I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And I'll welcome Jeannie Rice.
1: Thank you, Dr. Kimm. Excellent conversation. I appreciate you. Welcome.
2: And deserving. Have a wonderful show.
1: Thank you. So welcome everybody to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. And today is Thursday, December 14th, 2023. And our call-in number is 563-999-3581. And press one, and that puts you into Q to Talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. And I hope somebody can hear me because my switchboard just went totally blank. Oh, I think it's back. All right. I had a startle there for a second, and I thought, oh, no, why'd the show disappear? Totally blacked out, like there were no callers, no chat room, or anything. Thank you, Susan. She texted me and said, I can hear you. (laughs) It was like everything disappeared in front of me. All right. Well, Michael hasn't dialed in yet. We'll give him just another moment. And I think he's expecting a caller to call in with a question, Um, a young lady who's been doing this work for a long time. And uh, she said she had started doing the worksheets again, and she had some questions, so I'll keep an eye out for her phone number to pop up on the switchboard. And uh, we're glad that you all are with us, and uh, I was just double-checking to make sure I had her number so I would recognize it. So Michael is with us now. She's not with us yet, Michael, so I'll keep an eye out for her. Welcome to the show.
6: Hello Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome everybody. Delighted that you're here and looking forward to uh, seeing what unfolds today. We are working on putting our ever expanding mind shifter list together for those who are in the yearly uh, mind shifter point breathing club, and that will happen this Saturday and Sunday, if you're inclined to join us. Beyond that, uh, we had announced that we were going to uh, step into working with the Cavoris Manuscript through the Enlightenment book that we publish, and we made the announcement yesterday, and we're going to make one slight adjustment in the offer that we made where we're going to uh, be shipping the book for free, and we checked out... PayPal takes a chunk on top of you know whatever when people uh, purchase something, so what we 're going to do is the book's twenty five we 're going to pay the shipping, and we 're going to ask you to pay a dollar worth of shipping or a dollar worth of something, and that takes care of what uh, what PayPal takes care of. so so if you decide you want to do that, uh, you could order the book and uh, if you just uh, put in your in the donation uh, notes. The uh, word Enlightenment, so we'll know that we, you want us to send you the book, and uh, and then your name and address, so we'll know who and where to send it. So, I'm really looking forward to that. I've been spending a little more time with the Enlightenment book. I haven't really opened it in a while, so looking forward to uh, seeing what unfolds as we step into that study. What kind of new and exciting things come to view? Levels and levels and levels of unper- of perception to be to be worked with. Beyond that, if you have a thought or a question for us, our call-in number is five six three nine 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 three five eight one. And if you dial that number, you'll be listening to the show directly. And if you have a question, all you do is push one. And That'll raise the hand in the control panel. Excuse me if I'm distracted. I'm just sending someone a note who said they wanted to, uh, to join us for the show, but I wasn't sure whether or not they had number, the number, so I was just texting that to them so they know how to get into the show. So 563-999-3581, push one, and we're having a conversation. So what's most exciting on your mind? As I was listening, I listened to the last few minutes of the conversation, Susan, with yourself and Dr. Tim. Good conversation. And what was clicking, we were, we were working on one of the sections of the, uh, the ever-expanding mind shifters list is living without perception. And what clicked in my brain as the conversation went on about, you know, judge not lest you be judged, uh, was, and, and of course, a lot of people will try to figure out, what did, well, what does judgment mean? What, how do I know if I'm even judging? Well, actually, there's a simpler, there's a shortcut to that one. Perceive not. Let, let yourself let, let yourself be out of your mind and live in the mind of love in you that you were designed for. The ancient teachings called that the mind of Christ. That there is a mind of love that is available to you, and when you live in that mind, you will be living in and have direct input and feedback from the actual world, from actuality. As long as you're living in perception, you're living in carbon based memory, the replicate mind, and everything you'll see will be some sort of, or or, pardon me, everything that you think you'll see, because the pictures that you see, let me do this differently, the visual images that you get are images painted on the inside of your eyeballs by your mind converting content of carbon based memory into pictures. You're not looking at what's going on out there. You're not, you've never seen anything with your eyes. You never will see anything with your eyes. Eyes can't see. The brain sees. Eyes don't. Eyes are antennas, frequency devices that capture light. And the information that's carried by that light is transferred to the brain. The brain does all the seeing. The brain generates the world you see, Perception. And so it just occurred to me as I was listening to that conversation, thank you, Dr. Tim and Susan, for that, it occurred to me that we can end the the struggle, conversation, discussion, concern about judgment by just recognizing that perception is not where you want to live. And when you, you habitually collapse that world of perception, then you get to move to a place of corrected perception because the unconscious dynamics that play out from the replicant mind are healed through that process of forgiveness. Then you have a space where the actual energies of the actual world become available to you. I was working with someone this morning, and... The bottom line was the statement that's where the creator says, be still and know. Let perception go. Perception is not stillness. Perception is energy moving in you. And you can't ever know from perception. You just can't do it. You can get yourself some instructions for how to get rid of the thing itself, but there's no knowledge there. Lots of information, but all the information that's there is from the past It replicates the past, and that becomes the thing that cuts us off from the ability to actually receive the information from actuality that will always guide us to correct action. So appreciate that conversation. Much appreciation. And, Ms. Jeannie, do we have anything happening in the phone queue, anything in the chat room, any questions from the app, anything exciting for you to introduce to our conversation? No,
1: don't have anything else, and there's no hands up. Um, Harry's not with us yet. Nobody's in the chat room saying anything. Oh, a hand just went up, but I believe that it is Joanna. Welcome. Oh. I'm not sure. Her hand went up, and then it went down. Joanna, are you with us?
6: I am.
5: Can you hear me? Hi. Yes. Well, Hi. hey
6: there, young lady. We haven't heard your voice in a long time. Welcome.
5: Thank you very much. Um, I wanted to share with you that I had sent um, Peter in Sweden at text that I needed his help because I haven't. I I, I don't do anything I say I'm going to do. Now, that's an overstatement, but that's how it feels. And um, Will was one of the traits that I was working on in her class. So it's not surprising that that would be an issue that comes up for me, not doing what I say I'm going to do.
6: That's the will faculty.
5: uh, Yes. Um, So anyway, he called me this morning and said, well, you said you were going to do two worksheets, and you said you didn't do it, but the good news is I did cross it off for that day as a goal. Um, So I did learn something, Michael. What was that? For my goals. Right, get rid of the stress. Right. So anyway, um, the conversation with Peter was delightful, as you can imagine. And I committed to doing one worksheet as soon as we hung up, and he said, he said, and not after you organize the spices. And <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Um, Wise guy. <laughs> yeah, I did it. And it was such a wonderful reminder uh, of the many things I learned in those courses. And um, And then. You know, synchronicity being what it is you now, and it's so easy to forget that what I think I'm seeing is what I'm seeing, um, and you know, the reminder that the brain can only process so much data, and it's a spec of what I'm exposed to, so it's a best guess of what's really happening out there. That's um, it, exactly. Yeah, it was just really good to hear you uh, restate that, and it felt wonderful just doing just that one worksheet felt really good and encouraging to do more. Yeah, you know,
6: with 50 years under my belt with this work and still boggles my mind that 2,000 years ago this man, Yeshua, knew exactly how to collapse false perception, collapse carbon-based memory with all its stories and give us an opportunity to enter into the world that with perception we have voided and get back to that world where which is where we're designed to live it's just like it's mind-boggling well
5: peter reiterated that too and if i'm not wrong didn't peter for years his career was bringing um wisdom teachers to sweden to yeah. conduct classes and so forth And he said again this morning, he said, this is the most powerful tool I have ever run across.
6: Yeah, there's nothing uh, that I know of in the world that compares with it. And the, the biggest challenge in using it that I see is that People think they know something that carbon based memory is telling them it's a total fantasy and have no idea that their knowledge is fantasy. Right. And that it can be collapsed and 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 when we collapse it, it will be replaced with something so much bigger each time. And as far as I can tell, it just keeps expanding. There's there doesn't seem to be an end to it. Yeah. Well, congratulations the, um, on that new insight.
5: Right. Well, um, my mind has been surfacing painting pictures of me that, for me, that um, uh, regarding my younger son that all of a sudden one day one of my elder siblings says, well, you and I are so much alike, which caused me to, you know, ponder that, and I realized that that um, the question in the worksheet about giving up being right. Oh my God, that is such a powerful realization <laughs> that I'm stuck in wanting to be right. And the other part of that question is I give up the right to be right and to make up another story with those. uh, (laughs) Right. Yeah, uh, it's just so insidious.
6: Yeah, the mind can make up a thousand variations on the theme, and it's all just the same stuff.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
6: I don't know if you happen to be on the show back. Oh, it's probably getting close to a year ago now, but Arya, she was about four at the time, and uh, she wanted to watch a, a, an anatomy video, kids' anatomy video. So I put it on, and it had this um, cartoon character that's going to teach about the body. And uh, you see the organs all, it's kind of like an outline caricature, and all the organs in the body, and uh, the organs of the body fall out on the screen, fall out onto the floor, and then in turn, each part sings and, you know, explains to the child what that part of the body's about. And when the eyes came up, the eyes sing a little song that go, I am your eyes, I am your eyes, I see the world around you. Arya looks at me and she says, "Papa." They don't understand, do they? We see with our brain, not with our eyes. <laughs> and that was oh, not something maybe. I had ever said to that girl. <laughs> we see it with our brain. That's right. And that's just so true. Yeah. So, so. you still keep her during the week? Oh, yes. Yes, we've got her. We'll have her tomorrow. Again, we have her usually at least two days a week. And we're getting uh, more quick. overnight or over, over the weekend-type uh, type opportunities with her. So that's pretty sweet. She's five now. It's yeah. just such a delight, such fun.
1: The last, uh, let me share two things that she has done. I said, I, I really want us to help her stay in the intuitive knowing that she's in. But the other day, well, a couple weeks ago, she told me, about a dream that she had about unicorns. And I said, well, that was a sweet dream. She said, oh, I control my dreams. She said, I tell my mind when I go to sleep what I'm going to dream about, and I do. And so they're always sweet dreams. (laughs) Yeah, she said, so they're always sweet dreams. Well, then the other day, she was talking about another child in her classroom that she really wants to be friends with her, but this other girl is a little bossy and angry and all this. So had a conversation with her that, you know, when other children are angry, there's usually something else going on. They're either afraid or they're, you know, something, and they're covering it up with their anger. I said, you know, you don't have to take her anger. I said, but be the space for her. And, you know, if, uh, you know, she still is angry or whatever, you know, you can tell her, say, you know, I'm here for you when you decide you want to, you know, be nice or, or be friends or whatever. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and take your anger. I said, you can do that. And she goes, oh, well, I can read minds, Nene." She said, and I know what she's thinking, and so I can usually fix it. And wow. uh, yes, yeah, I said, I, I don't want her to th- think that she can fix everybody's problems, but it's awesome right. that she can hold the space for them. She can tell what's really going on for them. And... Uh, I said you are really a healer, and she goes, you know, it seems like every time somebody gets hurt or feels bad, I'm always there to take care of them.
5: Okay. Wow, She's yeah, amazing. There's no way, she really is. What she picked mm-hmm. out from being there when you're doing the radio program.
1: But,
6: oh yeah, you know,
5: but less being steeped in it by just being with you.
6: Yeah. Well you remember for and you sure. were you were on the show way back in the early days or some of the earlier days, you know, the first year and a half, showtime was her nap time and she always went to sleep on my shoulder listening to the radio show for for the first wow. year and a half at least two three days a week. So she's yeah. she's been building brain cells from the beginning and uh, and more and more it's showing. It's just uh, it's really wow. pretty sweet, pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, she wanted me to help. She wanted me to help one of her dolls to uh, like cancel goals and and get rid of her sadness. So. <laughs>
5: wow! Wow, that's amazing. It's just the tip of the iceberg of what a human being can be if we aren't conditioned. As much by the world.
6: Exactly, exactly. So, what else is exciting in your world? Um, energy work and breathing
5: work with my elder sister. She has some um, a rash from the top of her head down to her feet. It's not on her hands or feet, and it's miserable. And her doctor oh, not They did several tests and finally said it's hives. And um, they don't know, you know, what's causing the hives. And I said, well, stress. And she said, yeah, they said that. But I don't feel, you know, any particular stress. And I said, you uh, created stress in your life since you had children because she and her husband both worked two jobs, had two children. I mean, you know, it's just controlled, so to speak. It never created crises, but it was there. And um, anyway, she said, yeah, especially the young um, recent You know, recently, and I said, well, I, I'm going to, you know, pay attention to what I see on the Internet, and if I see anything that seems worth sharing, I will. And I said, but I do know that if you don't get the toxins out of your body through the normal means, it, it can come out through your skin. And she said, yeah. So, anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to doing some breathing work and, and body energy work with her. Um, awesome. Yeah.
6: You have the, uh, really the worksheets for the energy field, directions for the energy field work? Yes, I did it. Yeah, good, cool. Well, we'll hold the space anyway. for openings and healings. One of the other things you might suggest to her, uh, is, you know, just go to the health food store or jump on Amazon and get a simple colon cleanse because a lot of times when uh the colon gets blocked up, it reflexes to the skin. The skin's like the default uh takeover organ. And so Sorry. some of that pressure can be alleviated just through a, a simple uh, colon detox as well.
5: Okay. All right. I will definitely do that. Well, it's so good to hear both of you. Um,
6: I think well, it's about nice to hear your voice. It's been a while.
5: Yeah. I think about my time at Heartland with such joy. It was just a phenomenal experience.
6: Awesome. Well, delighted that you've been there to play with us and... It looks like we're probably going to uh, to do a season next summer, and, uh, of course, we'll keep everybody posted if that comes together or as it comes together. Great. Wonderful. It's been, you know, 2019 since our last season when COVID struck and just haven't done it since.
5: Right. Well, you didn't quit, though, and that served a lot of people.
6: Yeah, we uh, we just about did a season this past summer, and uh, it just got to be where it was more work than I was ready to do. You know, getting yeah. the buildings <laughs> open and doing all that goes with that.
5: Right. We'll have to get Cedar to come back. He was the one that was willing and able to get on the roof.
6: Yeah, it was sweet to have him there after so many years. Cool. Well, anything else on your mind for today?
5: No, just glad to thank you and thank you so much.
6: All right. Appreciation extending love in your direction. Take care. Well, Ms. Jeannie, do we have anybody else in the phone queue or anything happening in the chat room?
1: No, Tippy is with us all the way from Thailand, so welcome. I'm hate. good.
6: Yeah, she had texted me and said she was likely going to be there today. Extending love in the direction of your brother, Tipia, and uh, holding the space for his healing. It sounds like maybe some things are opening up, moving in the right direction.
1: Let a hand go up. I believe it is Mr. Terry three three six. You're on the air.
6: Good afternoon, folks. Well, hey there, Doctor Bowling. How are you?
4: Marvellous, marvellous. It's just gorgeous day. Your con- last conversation um, prompted a couple of questions. One. Okay. I, I still, I know I have the uh, direction for the energy field work in one of my booklets, but do you actually post that on your website, too?
6: No. No? No, okay. it's something I that, that, that so. you know, it's like the still point breathing process. It's something that takes personal instruction, and I wouldn't put it up for somebody to just pick up and, and think they can do it without some instruction.
4: Great. So that's probably one of those items that, that, uh, well, for one, you know, I, I found that to be very beneficial in the fact for a couple of different reasons. One is that it was another demonstration that we can help each other we don't have to have years and years of training and schooling and paying lots of, you know, expensive tuitions and stuff.
6: That That's right.
4: through a little a process, you took us through that process a few times. You were there and available. Should there be any questions? But it was really um, a relatively easy Process to to learn and pick up, and I still remember some of the moves, and uh, have the uh, muscle memory of that. So I'm gonna dig through my my binders. I got about I've got three big wagon binders, and everything's in there somewhere. (laughs) It's just a matter of organizing. Actually, I have four wagon binders, and. I'll see if I can't uh, come across those. It's always a, a, a pretty um, amazing and, and enjoy, a joyful trip down memory lane, too, because there's worksheets and there's notes that I would make during the classes and little things right, about right. the kids. Were, they were there. You know, there's all kinds of good stuff in there. So I'll see if I can't pull that back out. And then, um, have you have you um, updated them? Any you think? Because that copy I had is probably ten, twelve years old.
6: Are they pretty much yeah, still the no, same? Yeah, no. Yeah, that uh, the last edit of those is probably about fifteen years ago. And yeah, you know okay. what what's in that? Those those different steps to go through the whole structure that, that is a uh, it, when I when I first discovered StillPoint, you know I mean, i'm practicing medicine and i'm working with people but when i first discovered the still point and realized what it was my pursuit then became what do i know of what have i experienced over the years that helps people to move into still point point? and that's what that whole energy field uh, thing is i mean there's probably oh there's 20 years of study probably 50 different classes to assemble that, that I did, that I took, you know, like in some cases, you know, I think like some of the steps right. are from, let's say, polarity therapy, I and mean, I spent two years studying polarity therapy, and so here are the steps that I've observed put people into StillPoint, and each piece of the energy field work is something that through experience, uh, and, you know, whether it was when I was studying chiropractic or whatever it was, was uh, what what helps people get into that space where they go into that high-speed processing place. And so that synthesis is a good 20 years of work. Probably, I don't know, maybe eight or $10,000 worth of classes to put those specific yeah. pieces together from all the different stuff that I've done over the years. So yes, along we'll put those your hands lines, on people.
4: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then um, I put a little note out to some of the uh, some of the folks that are in these different little agreement threads that I I uh, maintain and we share and support each other. And so this morning uh, I was uh, I I've been working with this concept that's In the the twelve-step programs, and it's it's really um, uh, brought forth uh, consistently and in a a pretty strong way, as far as hey, this is very important, and it's uh, it's a real simple little statement that the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. There's no equal that's been found in that little vernacular 12 step world and just one helping them, you know, working with another. Right. So I've taken that, I took that and expanded it a little bit and said the therapeutic value of one human holding a loving space with another is without parallel.
6: Monumental. I further
4: said that uh, yeah, that is the only remedy I have found to be truly effective in regards to all pain, whether it be physical, mental, or emotional, when we support each other, the pain lessens. Uh, and I did t- put a little piece that said, Dr. Rice, Dr. Jalen, 12 Steps, these are my methods of dealing with life. And they have at the core one person sitting with, helping another, and they yep. know that you're not alone. You're never alone. There's always someone that's willing to, if you look, there's someone that's willing to help you because it's a reciprocal experience. And uh, with the holding of the space and still point, phenomenal. Probably the first time in some people's lives that they will actually have someone just sit and listen to them for, you know, the whole hour, listen to them, breathe, just be in that space with them. It's just, it's, it's beautiful. And then with uh, Dr. Jenwin's work, same thing. Two people, whole one's holding space while the other does a little focusing, which is very similar. they are similar uh, dynamics and they're, they're, right. a, they're an active, uh, uh, you know, active listening kind of action. So um, I wanted to put that out there to you, how, how beautiful that is. And then the, the uh, steel point piece to it, the, the little exercises, i got to dust that back off and uh, look at that. Because now we're doing the breathing on the weekends here, on, on the, the, the monthly um, groups. So that encourages me to... Get a partner that will participate so that we can actually do a little bit of this uh, work. You know, that involves the, the um, methods that you taught. You know, that you have taught me. That's uh, uh, that's that's something that's been forming with me here for a while. I want, and that was very connected to that dialogue with the previous lady. And then one other thing I want to put out there before I turn it back over to you and get some feedback is that now, you know, I've done the uh, master cleanse several times. Uh, I find that it takes a real effort for me to get my mind in, in the right space to persevere, but, that you know, to get just to get psychologically ready for it, it takes some effort. Right, and uh, then I've done done the uh, the one that was uh, I think it was um, created by some some fellow uh, over in France, and they use a clay that uh, I picked right. up. Right, bentonite, well, clay. Because, yeah, it was something like that. I had, it's been a long time since I thought about that, so I wanted to ask you. Is there another method, or if would you would just talk about any of those methods? I feel like I could really benefit from doing, uh, you know, a colon cleanse, and I wanted to get your right. input and thoughts about what, sure. you know, what you think might be the most uh, beneficial effective for me right now. Yeah.
6: Well, I suggest that you jump on Amazon and search for a book called Tissue Cleansing Through Bowel Management. Tissue cleansing I've got through that bowel management. From the
4: last. Yeah.
6: Okay.
4: yeah, you referred okay. that to me before, tissue cleansing That's through the bowel best. management.
6: Yeah. Now, right. in that book, Jensen, the author, lays out five, six, seven different types of cleanses from a very simple one right up to a thing called oh. a Kalima process. So, you know, you can start with something simple or go midway or, you know, the, the Kalima process is like, It's just about a a week, full time, where you're paying attention to your detox and your cleanse. And actually, it was Uh was created by a gentleman named V.E. Irons. And the last time I was on a platform with V.E. Irons, we were presenting at a conference together. Uh, That's probably mm, 25 years ago now. He got up on the stage. He was introduced. And then he had his wife bring over his brand new baby. He was 82 and held up and introduced his new baby <laughs> to the audience. And he's the one who created the Kalima process. And, uh, Wait a minute, you know, how was the, his wife? I don't know. I never really met her. She was there, but I didn't mean she was. Okay. She wasn't eighty-two. <laughs> Let's say that. Yeah.
4: Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. She was uh, a,
6: a young woman. I I, I don't know exactly yeah, what, but probably, you know, maybe mid to late thirties. But uh, obviously, eighty-two. Yeah. He was rocking it.
4: He was <laughs> so, rocking it. Okay. Yeah.
6: I mean, he was vital. Yeah, he a few was. Yeah, and uh, and actually the man who, you know, introduced me to that Bernard Jensen, we had actually done a conference, uh, oh geez, thirty years ago in Delray Beach, Florida, or pardon me, in Deerfield Beach, Florida, we spoke at a center that was run by a psychologist, and we were both part of the same conference, and he was in his eighties, and he was out there promoting his book, and just you know he was on the road and just as vital and spry as clear in mind as as you can imagine so you know detoxing works it's uh, it's an important step in the process so that would be where I'd go I'd start by you know go back and review that uh, tissue cleansing book and there's a lot of just superior information in that book really powerful stuff and uh, you know, start uh, start you know, water in the morning. Stay away from the food for a while. Or one of the things that uh, that Jensen used to say is, you have to earn your breakfast. You don't get up uh-huh. and stuff your face with food. You earn your breakfast. You don't you don't yeah. eat breakfast until you've worked. And uh, that was one of the things that he used to push. And I know I we actually found a. A a good solid strong glass bottle that they sell a a a, a product that's intestinal flora drink and it's 50 ounces and that's my start of the day I don't touch food until I've drank at least one of those Mm
4: -hmm. oh yeah I kind of remember that it's uh, uh, that flora there's one that uh, Michelle used to get And you had to buy it. It was refrigerated because it was a live live thing, obviously, with the flora and all in it. Yeah.
6: Yep. Yep. So go for it. We'll hold the space.
4: How are worksheets going? I will. The worksheets are going good. Consistent. You know. Daily I don't,
6: I don't know if you were on the show the or, numbers, if you, or if you have heard from Dan Reed. Go ahead. I, I don't know whether you were on the show when i I've been consistently the numbers
4: went. <laughs> we got a delay here. I guess. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm I'll, gonna I'll... let you go. Uh, I was gonna <laughs> say. Work seat process is consistent, but the number fluctuates <laughs> up and down. And I didn't get on the show. I didn't hear the show up with Dan on it uh, in that regard. So, uh, but I do talk to him. You know, two or three times a day. And he's going. He just did 30 this morning. I think he said. <laughs> and he's got or something. it was 30 this morning or 30 last night and 10 this morning. So, uh, w- go ahead and share with me what you were going to share now. Yeah. <laughs>
6: Oh, last week he just shared with the group on the show that uh, he he had just passed the 1500 mark since he started doing worksheets again, which is pretty powerful. And he's just moving through stuff like just it's amazing. It's awesome.
4: It is, and the, and the the dialogues we've had in relation to what comes up in the mind when you're when you take on a project like that, uh, it has been really fun. We've had some really good conversations back and forth uh, in relation to that process.
6: It always amazes me when people cancel their goal, what the mind just spontaneously and instantly goes to what they're what we can touch into it just it always amazes me if we're really paying attention what the subtle energies are that start to move when a goal is canceled and perception collapses. It's just monumental. And our, our little I'm interaction glad. a moment ago <laughs> with our delay. <laughs> Go ahead.
4: Uh, I, I was just going to say I'm glad to hear that we're reengaging uh, the goal to uh, have a, have some activity at Heartland next summer.
6: Working in that direction. Couldn't need a little help from my friends, but we're working on it. Yes. So so our, our little interaction back and forth there a moment ago reminded me of a story about the... Uh, woman who uh, who goes to the doctor, and the doctor tells her that she's pregnant. And uh, he says, now, if you want your baby to be very polite, just rub your stomach three times a day. And that will help the baby to be very polite. And she's like, okay. And so three times a day, she rubs her stomach. And, and uh, along about three months, she goes in for a checkup, and, and the doctor detects two heartbeats. He said, now remember, you know, if you want those babies to be polite, you just make sure you rub your stomach three times a day. So faithfully throughout the whole pregnancy, you know, seven months, eight months, nine months, ten months, eleven months, twelve months, she's still rubbing her stomach three times a day. Two years, three years, five years, ten years, she's still rubbing her stomach three times a day. Twenty, forty, fifty, seventy years later, and finally, the doctor says, it's time for a cesarean. And does the cesarean. And when he does the cesarean, here are these two little old men, one saying, oh, no, after you. Oh, no, after you.
4: <laughs> I was so polite to have been arguing for 50 years, 50 years yeah. <laughs> Very polite <laughs> uh, 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 That's a
6: joke that's always Tip uh, on my uh, funny bone
4: uh, <laughs> Yeah That's a funny one
6: Well delighted that you're out there Doing the work and passing it on And uh, making it available That's what it takes to Uh to get this to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. And we're definitely moving in that direction. So anything else on your mind for today, sir? Honored. Not right at the moment. All right. Appreciate you. Lots of love and blessings. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So we're down to about... uh, 12 or 13 minutes, if you're out there in listener land, our call-in number, 563-999-3581. If you call that number, you'll be listening to the show, and then if you uh, have a question, you push one, and we'll be engaged in a conversation. So how can we support you? So Ms. Cheney, do we have anything happening in the chat room or anything?
1: Harry has not called in yet. Um, Hippia says no, in No, I just thought
6: she, she sent me a text saying that she had talked to Dr. Tim earlier, I guess.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Hippias says uh, her brother isn't talking, but that he smiles at her when she gives him food. Uh, he Physically, he's much better sure. than he was two weeks ago. And she said she read the blog about the health crisis and she understands it but, um, and she thinks he's in the process of changing inside, but because he's not talking, um, she can't lead him to do a worksheet or talk about goals or anything like that. So like right. everybody was just talking the last few conversations, just being with him and holding the space for him when you're in his presence and even when you're not, um, that has healing power in itself.
6: For Sure. And if you have something else you can do, you know, you can get one of the simple worksheets, the simpler ones, and walk through you doing the worksheet yourself as opposed to trying to get him to communicate, just explain to him what you're doing. Take the simple form worksheet, you know, I've got this going on and I have this emotion and these are my thoughts and this is my goal and I'm gonna cancel my goal. And, you know, that might help him to build the brain cells just by you modeling what it is to do the forgiveness process. And that may help to uh, pull him out of his shell. And, you know, there may be some worksheets for you to do on goals that you have for him. And as you are able to cancel those goals you have for him, you might see energetically a shift happen in him because of the space that you're able to hold. So there are a couple of ideas of of things that you might do to move forward. So if you're out there in this land, we've got about 10 minutes left. Push one. What's on your mind? How can we support you?
1: Check my other email, and there are no questions from the app. So, Okay. Come on, somebody cool. press one, direct us. How can we help?
6: Well, let's go back to this idea of, you know, the whole focal point on living without perception. Again, that's one of the sections in our uh, ever-expanding mind shifter list, one of the newer sections, is the ability to put away perception. And, And corollary with that is putting away memory. Of course, we live in a culture where memory is king, and yet... When you realize, of course, memory, if I'm remembering something, it's something from the past, and few people realize that they actually have to build new proteins. You know, we think, oh, I'm remembering that direct event. Well, actually, your brain has to build a new set of proteins to represent that event, and it's not the same event at all. It's it's a memory-like, but oftentimes... When we think we're remembering something directly, we're really, there are other energetic patterns that are interfering, and of course, again, everything to do with memory is from the past, and perception, by definition, is from the past. And there is recognizing, some people are like, well, how could you possibly live without that? Well, here's how you could live, there's a greater mind, a much greater mind than that mind, you know, if you look in the ancient teachings, they talked about the mind of man, But then there's the mind of love, the mind of the creator, and that's a mind that you can count on far more than you can your own memory bank, far more than you can believing the constructs of your mind are accurately representing actuality. And as uh, Joanna said, you know, the mind is making its best guess. If you want to learn more about that, if that one leaves you with a question and you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm not so sure about that, jump on YouTube and put a search term in, Anil, A-N-I-L, Seth, S-E-T-H, TED Talk. Here's a guy who's a neuroscientist, explains the whole thing. Perception is simply the mind constructing its best guess based on, one, the circumstances that you're in, and two, the content resonated by those circumstances. And 100% of the time, there's always something you can trust far more than that, and that is by honoring the mind, the live mind of love in you and trusting it to guide you. In the ancient teachings, they called that the mind of Christ. You might remember Paul saying, and again, you know, people tend to interpret words like Christ religiously. I'm not suggesting anything religious here. I'm saying that there is a mind in you that is different from your carbon-based memory. It is the live mind of love in you, and it's your birthright to live out of it. And it will always take you in the right direction where perception... It just It's a mind that simply replicates the past over and over. And that's where the power, the healing power of forgiveness comes, is that when you understand that your perceptual constructs are driven by goals, and you cancel those goals, remember the word forgive in Aramaic is shabag or shabak, it's been translated as forgive, but it actually means to cancel. And when I cancel the driver, the goal that I hold that's causing my mind to use this data from the past to build the world that I think I see out there, but is really painted on the inside of my eyeballs, then that world collapses. And if we're willing to trust it, there is another mind in us that will take over, and it is not the mind of man. So that's the invitation to consider, through forgiveness, collapsing the world of perception. And what, what tends to happen is the instant after you forgive and perception collapses, there is a, a space where one gets to taste directly the presence of love. Now, the mind at first might just take a fraction of a second... For it's resonance to kick in and want to take over, like literally a fraction of a second. But as you enter that practice on deeper and deeper and deeper levels, you become less and less reliant on the past and perception. And you recognize that, I mean, literally, the mind behind the whole universe is right there and available to you, and it's your birthright to use it, and you can trust it. it speaks differently. You know, there's a, an interesting passage and in actually in a new book that I've been working on, we have the Yeshua having a conversation with a character in the book, much like the uh, Why Is This Happening to Begin book where there's a character having a conversation with me, only in this case, it's a character having a conversation with Yeshua. And the passage in the scriptures that comes up is where it says the creator it says with in in regard to the creator it says with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to you And the character is kinda confused about that. It's like says to Yeshua. It's like well why would the creator, Gus, why would the creator speak with stammering lips and another tongue? And Yeshua offers a correction. It's like No, 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 that's not it. That's man's projection because we've gone to a far and distant foreign land and taken on a foreign language, and the language we've taken on is a language of hostility and fear and the past, we're listening with stammering ears and a totally foreign set of brain cells compared to living in and as the world of love. So it isn't that the creator. I mean, that's how it's presented. Of course, it's men writing that. That's how it's presented. See, the creator is doing this, stammering, licks, and out tongue. But we're listening. We're trying to listen to love through brain cells based in the past of hostility and fear. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of years of those experiences in each one of our bloodlines. So we're the ones who are listening. With crooked ears. And the power of doing your work is as you clean out the hostility and fear-based content, actuality no longer needs to f- filter through that. Actuality will no longer be filtered by that. We'll get a direct taste, a time when we come into direct relationship with the actual presence of love that resides inside of us. Now, you know, Greek mythology has pretended to be Yeshua's teaching, and, you know, Greek mythology's put that power somewhere way out in space, but Yeshua reminds us, and this even comes through in the Greek, although it's mostly ignored. Do you not know that you are a temple of the creator? If somebody tells you that the kingdom is over there or over there or over there, believe them not, for it is here, it is now, it is within you. Now, there are a lot of people talking about, yeah, well, I know when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. Why are you going to wait? You're supposed to be there now. And this isn't a mythical, you know, religious journey. It's, it, it's what you apply where you live to free yourself of perceptions from the past, to free yourself of carbon-based memory, or what was called the mind of man, and literally live in the mind of love that is already in you. Because we've been brainwashed with so much hostility and fear, it seems that world is no longer available to us. it is and it's our birthright to live there. So joining you in doing that, holding the space for it. In the meantime, got the best here yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world and blessings. Bye bye.
0: Evolving continuously.
1: Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet as we present the First Century Aramaic Internal Process of Forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Mindshifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.yagain.org. That's www dot w-h-y a-g-a-i-n dot org